Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. I tell you, we got a lot going on. Last night, Beyonce's concert was interrupted. Someone charged the stage and she had to run for cover along with her husband. Boy, that's a that's a serious security issue going on there. I bet you wish you had a gun. Okay, also, man, in Florida, mass shooting. Well, hold on. This is not possible. Florida had another mass shooting? What do you mean? Florida changed its gun laws. They changed their laws to prevent this from happening. What is going on? That's impossible. So we're going to talk about that. Going to talk about Beyonce. Also going to talk about what's going on in Florida. Apparently, uh, reports are four people are confirmed dead. You need, what we need to do is take your own personal safety in your own hands. You can't expect the government to protect you. You can't expect law enforcement to protect you. There's no new, there are no more new laws that we can put on the books. No matter what you do, you can create a law for every single thing that you possibly can, and someone will find a way to cause havoc and to disrupt your day. I promise you. So we're going to talk about that and a whole bunch more. Also, we're going to have a, a young lady who's – she started a campaign that's called Be Smart – so we're going to talk about that and what that's all about. And, man, at first, you know, I, I, I woke up this morning thinking, man, we don't have anything at all to talk about. There's no, nothing to discuss that's going on in the news. And all of a sudden, you know, all heck breaks loose. You have the, the shooting in Florida. You have the Beyonce concert. I'm getting video after video after video of what happened at, at that concert and they're not pressing charges against the what they're calling a concert gore or a supporter of hers. But this person charged the stage and it looks like they took a swing at Jay-Z. So you can call it whatever you want. You know, you have a serious security issue where your security is not doing their job. And then here we are in Florida, the Madden tournament. This is supposed to be a, a, a you know, a little just a game. It's a tournament. It's a game. And all of a sudden, what happens? There's a mass shooting. Well, no, no, no matter what you do, no matter what laws you create, because Florida just changed the laws because of the Parkland shooting. They said, yay, we're going to raise the age limit. We're going to create these red flag laws and all this stuff so we can prevent this stuff like this from happening. And guess what? Well, here we are again in Florida, the, the sunshine state, and it happens once again. 
So it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what laws you create. You cannot legislate crazy. But what you can do is take your own personal safety in your own hands. So let me bring into the conversation Lisa Ross. Uh, Lisa, and I hope I'm, I'm saying your first name right, she started, yes, a program, started a program called Be Smart. And so, Lisa, first, I'd like to welcome you to come and talk it. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So first, you know, please tell us what is Be Smart? So Be Smart is a grassroots program, and um, what it does is it brings together parents' concerns about kids, guns, and safety. Um, as we know, you know, it can be an emotional issue. So we talk about what we can do to improve our safety. Being smart means taking um, safety action and becoming aware of the risk. Okay. And then also, you know, are there any steps, you know, or any of these steps that you have as far as Be Smart that you're actually taking from the National Shooting Sports Foundation? Well, let me explain that a little bit. Um, we use tips from the National Shooting Sports Foundation. Excuse me, I'm saying that incorrectly, but National Shooting Sports Foundation. That is a mouthful. So um, what we do is let me kind of explain to you a little bit about the Be Smart program so that you can kind of get a clear understanding of what it is. Sure. So the SMART, the S-M-A-R-T, are the pillars of what we advocate. S stands for securing guns and homes and vehicles. A means modeling responsible behavior. A is asking, R is risk, and T is tell others. I'll back up here a little bit because basically um, what it can do is the program is designed for talking to parents of young children, but it can also be used in talking to parents of children that are living outside your home or getting older going off to college. So I'm going to kind of show you or tell you exactly how that can be used in two different ways. So, um, for example, the securing guns and homes and vehicles, that means to make sure that your guns are um, locked, unloaded, and separate from the ammunition. The modeling good behavior is where the uh, National Shooting Sports Foundation comes into play because what we do is we use their tips to model good behavior, which is know what your target is and beyond, never point a gun at anyone. Um, let me see. If I've got actually sitting here a few more things that we actually do, so let me look at that. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, be, no, be sure to know how your firearms operate uh, and things like that. Um, are their security con are concerns realistic and consistent with local crime rates? Do other adults in the household support maintaining a gun in the house? All of that comes from the National Shooting Sports Foundation, and we use that in our slideshow presentation. The ask is where we go in and we have teach parents how to ask other parents about their habits and their firearms. For example, I am a firearm owner. So if I still, I'm, my children are all grown, but if I had a small child still living in my home, how this would work is I would probably volunteer the other information to another parent whose child might be coming over to visit at my home. And I would just tell them, hey, listen, I just want you to know that I own firearms. I tell them I have a swimming pool. I tell them I have two dogs that are friendly in my house we might as well be having a conversation about how we store a firearm. And I would say to them, my guns are stored, my ammunition is stored separately, and I have a safe. So those would be the things that I would do. If it was a parent who I was allowing my child to go play over at their home, I might send them an email, a text. I might call them and say, hey, I know my child's coming over to play at your house and visit. Can you answer a few questions for me? We never ask the question, do you own firearms? because we don't want to put people in a feeling of, you know, being attacked. So we just say, if you own firearms, can you tell me how they are stored? 
Okay. And so that kind of puts the conversation and puts it a little bit more at ease. The R stands for risk. And, um, you know, as you know, the risk for suicide is high. And again, about storing your gun safely so that, you know, young, young adults and teenagers don't have access to them when they're feeling depressed or anything like that. So that, you know, we don't have to worry about them committing suicide because we know that, you know, that's pretty lethal and it can't be reversed. Okay, and we're talking. And then, um, we're talking with uh, Lisa Ross, and she's with Be Smart. She started a program called Be Smart. We're going to learn a little bit more about what that's all about. Going to talk about her experience this past weekend. She took her LTC class. Going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about Beyonce and the fact that she had to run from the stage because someone charged the stage. Also, we're going to talk about the mass shooting that took place in Florida today. So apparently, we cannot legislate crazy. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talkin'. Peace, this is Maj Ture. You're listening to Come and Talkin' Radio with Michael Cargill. Listen to Talk 1370 anywhere with your Amazon Echo. Just ask Alexa to play Talk 1370. Now playing Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. So we got a mass shooting in Florida again. And we had all these laws, everything. They came out the woodworks. They came up with red flag logs. They came up with raising the age limit. And guess what? It did nothing to prevent another shooting. So I guess we cannot really legislate crazy. No, you can't. So what do we do? You can try. You can keep on trying. If More we could legislate crazy, Michael, you wouldn't be here with us today. <laughs> this is true. Let me tell you. All right. So we have Lisa. She's on the show. She's talking to us about be smart. We need to be smart about our firearms and safety. And she's telling about telling us about that organization. And so, Lisa, what I'd like to ask you is, you know, what made you get to the point where you started be smart? Well, first, I didn't start Be Smart. I'm an advocate for Be Smart. Okay. Um, it was actually started by uh, a group from Everytown for Gun Safety. So, um, and you can go onto the website, which is besmartforkids.org, and you can kind of check out there and get all the information from it on that website. Um, I got started, though, because um, I lost my son to a gun accident. Okay. And, and was your son's death ruled a homicide or was it a suicide by the coroner? How was that ruled? It was actually ruled a suicide by the coroner, but let me kind of explain a little bit of the details of what happened. My son was uh, in college at the time. We lived in North Carolina for 10 years, and uh, we have a business. We have a business up there still today, and uh, we had moved back to Texas, and he stayed and finished college and doing that. He had gone to um, – oh, my husband had flown in to, to visit him, and it was his birthday and go play golf and do all that kind of stuff, so they had kind of done that that evening. And then afterwards, my son was meeting up with a group of friends to go over to um, a little hip-hop concert that he was going to go watch. And then he was meeting up with that same group of friends later on that night at one of the friends' houses. Um, he was a normal 23-year-old. Uh, it was a typical night. There was nothing unusual about it. Got over to the friend's house. There was a loaded handgun sitting on the coffee table. Someone in the room handed my son the loaded firearm. It, uh, he had been drinking that night. He grabbed it with his non-dominant hand, discharged, and it killed him. Okay. And now, how did your your how did John's now death the, affect your feelings about gun owners? 
Well, I didn't, uh, you know, we are still gun owners. Like I said, and even I have a, I have three sons. Uh, John was my oldest, and then I have a middle son, and then I have a younger one that's in college right now. And um, how right now for us, I've, we've always owned guns. Uh, so my ownership of how I felt about gun owners has never changed. I'm not against ownership, but I am for safety. And that's when I got involved in the Be Smart program because I felt like um, – I felt like I wanted to make sure that another parent didn't have to feel the pain that I did. I mean, it was devastating to lose a child, and um, especially to something that was 100% preventable. All right, so what impact did this death have on your family's gun ownership? Let me ask you that one more time. Um, The impact that it had on my family is that, um, I guess, Again, I guess the main thing is, I guess it didn't, you know, our family, again, we, like I said, like I said, we own guns. Um, the impact basically is that I just didn't want another family to endure what mine did. And really, I wasn't prepared as a parent to have my son enjoying a night out and then ending up in a room with an unsecured loaded handgun. So that impact has changed my way about how I view about safety and gun ownership. Okay. And then um, now... What do you believe? You know, and 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 I, I I'm just gonna dig into this a little more. You know, so you know, what do yeah. you believe about the state of the safety among gun owners today? You know, so how do you feel well, that you know where we are today? Um, I do believe that we actually do need to do a better job of improving our safety. I just don't think that we, first of all, as parents. I mean, we talk to our children about all kinds of dangers when they're little. We talk to them about stranger dangers. We talk to them about. Uh, social media, we talk to them about uh, bullying, we talk to them about everything, but we don't talk to them about gun safety. As they get older, we talk to them about drinking and driving, we talk to them about STDs, we talk to them about safe sex, safe sex, but we don't talk about gun safety. And I think that that's something that truly needs to change. I wish that Be Smart had been around when my children were little, so that, especially John, so that I had been talking and educating him all along. I mean, my son wasn't naive. I mean, like I said, we owned guns. He'd been hunting with his dad. He lived with an ROTC student. It wasn't like the fact that he was naive about guns. It's just that we just didn't have those conversations like we did about everything else. And I think that that's something that needs to change. Um, I just testified at a Texas House criminal justice hearing um, about, you know, about that increasing of that penalty um, from on the negligence and um, from a misdemeanor to a felony, which is what Governor Abbott has recommended, Brenda, recommended, and I think that that's a uh, I support it. Okay, and we got some people that are sitting at the table here. You know, they have some questions for you. Okay. Hi, Lisa. My name is Felicia. Um, I uh-huh. am an avid Second Amendment supporter. I have been raised around guns my entire life. I got my first one. I want to say around five or so. It was a Red Ryder BB gun. What? Um, you had a Red Ryder BB gun? Of course I did. We've all seen Christmas Story, and oh, I never shut God. my eye out. My I... mom's in the lobby, so she can attest to that. Hey, Mom. <laughs> you got her a Red Ryder BB gun? I think my dad pushed for it, but she didn't say no, and that's where it where it all began. But, you... I, okay. but I have to say that my family has been pro-Second Amendment, obviously, forever. Multiple generations of military and there was never a scenario that included firearms that did not include some rhetoric around safety. 
You always point the gun down and away from yourself. You never point the firearm at yourself or anyone else. You always assume the firearm is loaded, even if you know 100% that the firearm is not loaded because it's a gun and it can injure you and you have to be responsible 100%. Um, I have to say I'm a, I'm right around the same age as your son. I'm 27, and mm-hmm. I never, with or without the um, the influence of alcohol in my system, would have ever, ever even dreamed of pointing a firearm at myself or someone else because those conversations of gun safety were not just a part of gun ownership, but they are truly a part of who I am. And any responsible gun owner will more than likely tell you the same thing. And so if you guys are saying, I'm not quite finished. Okay. Whenever you say that you guys are avid gun ownerships and you think the negligence is on the owner of said firearm, yeah, probably shouldn't have been on the coffee table during a party. But if your son's 23 years old and he's been around guns, as you say, you're a gun owning family. Where does the responsibility lie on you? Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna debate you on that. The fact that honestly, the truth is that yes, he was an adult and he did have a responsibility, but it was the gun owner's home and it was his firearm. If someone comes to my home, I want to make sure, as a gun owner, that my my guns are secure and safe, and that I am I'm responsible for the people who arrive at my house. I mean, I don't want anybody to be walking into an unsafe environment. And that was an unsafe environment my son was walking into. And the person that owns that house and owns that firearm is responsible for that environment he lives in. And and that's how I feel about it as a gun owner. I applaud you for all of the things that you do that uh, making people safe around you. I wish everybody was as safe as they as you sound like you are. But that's just not the case. And that's why it is so important that we need to be having conversations like this with families and people so that they can bring awareness to it. Okay. And then let me ask you a couple of questions. Um, so what made you decide to get your license to carry handgun? Um, I did it for two reasons. It's because of just like the young lady was just talking about is that I need to, to have something in common with the people that I'm talking with, which are gun owners. And so my message needs to be um, how, uh, how it feels to be responsible for a gun and the experiences of that responsibility. And so I chose to get my license for those reasons. Also, because my son is a gun owner, and he's even more so than I am. I mean, we have him too, but he's much more than I am. And I wanted to share in something that my child was doing as well. Okay. And then so why did you bring your son, you know, because you've – He's, he's, is he well, was he the oldest one or was he the younger son? He's actually my middle son. He's so middle. John was okay. my oldest, the one that was that was killed. Okay. And then my middle son is um, uh, the one that that came with me to the thing. And all right. So now, um, did you did you did you bring him or did he bring you to the lights to carry handgun course? Well, I told him that I was interested in getting mine, which he was kind of really surprised that I was even interested in getting it. Um, but I, he, he said, sure, mom, I want to go with you. So we kind of had made a plan, um, as far as the actual signing up and doing of it, he was the one who actually signed me up and said, mom, I went ahead and, and here's the class I want to take. This is where we're going to take it, which was with you. I said, Hey, that's great. I'm all in. Let's go ahead and let's get it started. Now, did you know that was with, did you know that was with, uh, with us? 
you know, with me? No, I didn't. I didn't know it was with you until, I mean, really the day of, to be quite honest with you. Oh, wow. And I know we had met at another, you know, previously. So I, right. I knew who you were. Yeah. Okay. All right. And so let me ask you one more question before we go to break here. Uh, so what did you think of the material that we covered in the LTC class? I actually thought the material that you covered was really well. I was um, surprised that there was as good a safety information that you did um, present. Um, I also felt like you really um, kind of driven home the fact about, you know, this is, you're, you're really, this is a weapon. This is what it's designed to do. And, we, you know, you really have to think about the choices that you're making. Right, Every so, time you're handling all right, it. We come back from the break. We're gonna. I'm gonna ask you to expand on that a little more. We're talking with Lisa. She's uh, one of the people that are pushing the Be Smart uh, program, and she's telling us about that and also her experience in taking the LTC class. Going to talk about that. Going to talk about Beyonce. Going to talk about this mass shooting that's going on that's taking place today in Florida at the tournament. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk. Hello, this is Gerald Darty, and I'm the Precinct 3 County Commissioner here in Travis County, and you're listening to Come and Talk It. Listen to Talk 1370 anytime, anywhere on the Radio.com app. Welcome back to Come and Talk It, and now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so, man, ha, I feel so great. The, it's, we have a beautiful view of downtown Austin. Uh, I tell you, you see the Tetris. Is it called the Tetris building? What is it called? I don't even know. The Independent. It's called the Independent? Yeah, that big. Uh, they couldn't even name it the Independent. They had to say Independent? That is such a liberal name. <laughs> it's named after the rap song. Is it? The mm -hmm. Independent? They I couldn't know, say I Independence? Come on, you can think of something more li more with liberty, you know, more America. You realize you're in Austin, right? We don't have liberty here. The independent? Here. I can see the independent, which looks like a Tetris building uh, in our view here. It's a beautiful view. Uh, and we also see the Austonian, and, and, and it has surpassed the Austonian. Would everyone agree? That's a tall building. A man. little bit. Yeah, it's past the Arstonian. So, and and I'm being told that it's 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 only going to be the largest building for only like one year, and then someone is building another building. It's in construction. Good right Lord, now. how big can we go? Mine is bigger than yours. That's what they're saying. That's Welcome to Austin. All right, I'll stop right there because my producer's looking at me. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's giving me the nasty look now. All right, so and and we got a lot going on. A lot of updates are coming in on this shooting that's uh, taking place in Florida. And took place. Huh? The, it's over. It's took place. The sh it took place. The shooter is dead. The shooter's Oh, okay. And how many other people are four confirmed dead last I saw. Wow, that's and that's pretty sad. We we at some point we really have to take our own personal safety in our own hands because there's no way that the government's going to be able to protect you. Law enforcement's going not going to be able to protect you because the only thing that law enforcement is tweeting, they're saying, "Hey, take cover. Call 911. Hide. Hide. That's all you can do. At some point, you have to take your own personal safety in your own hands and not expect the government to come and save you. All right, so we're talking with Lisa Ross, and she's telling us about Be Smart. And, Lisa, you were telling us about the license to carry handgun courses you took with Central Texas Gunworks uh, yesterday and your experience with that. Yes. So please, go ahead. Um, like I said, I like I said earlier, it was a good experience. Um, I... 
Um, I didn't do too well on my targets. Um, if you want to ask me that, um, I didn't even hit my X. You didn't hit the so, X, but you hit you didn't hit the white area with that. I, I think was really good. I know, but I'm actually a very competitive person, to be quite honest with you. I played tennis for 20 plus years, and um, I would say that if I was going to ever take this up as a sport, I would make sure that I was much more accurate at it. And see, yesterday we were actually pretty we were pretty cool and low key. I, I didn't get angry at anyone, so I didn't yell and scream. So no, because <laughs> there's some days, there's some days I get really upset. I'm like, what are you doing? What's going on here? You know, get off the line. You know, I'll pull someone off the line. I'll kick him out or something like that. But no, the, yesterday's class was actually pretty good. I thought yesterday's class was very good. And the people that were also there um, were actually very, very helpful. I had a gentleman, two gentlemen on each side of me that um, honestly were really helpful too on helping me out when I was like, I'm not sure if I knew exactly how to, get this in there fast enough or do something like that. And they were right there with me. And it was also a gun I had never, ever fired, fired before. So I wasn't real um, familiar at all with it. So um, he helped me quite a bit. I have to say that was really so, yeah. but it was um, very good. It was informative. Um, I'm glad I took it. Like I said, it was something that I had wanted to do. So I'm glad I did it. Yeah, and, Will and, I ever and, be a person who carries the gun around like that? No, no. And and slow no. is slow is smooth and you know and take your time and it, rushing you're only going to make mistakes if you try to rush so slow slow is actually fast so take your time actually go slow. too I'm a person who believes in um like I said because I played tennis for years if you're going to do anything and you're going to do anything well you need to be practicing at it every single solitary day absolutely so um believe me I'm I'm definitely of that mindset so if it was something that I really have a desire to do on a regular basis it would be something that i would practice with quite regularly as well yeah and what i've noticed is people you know come to class and they're actually surprised at the fact that we talk about safety we talked about locking you know locking your guns up you know and and a lot of people you know will come in after class and say hey i thought i was going to come here and learn you know how to shoot and kill someone but i actually spent you know four five six hours of you telling me how not to pull that gun out Yes, you did. And I thought that was, um, I, I liked that quite a bit because I really went in feeling that that might be something you would do as well is that um, I wasn't sure how the course was going to be designed, but I was quite surprised myself or pleased that that's what it felt like when I left the room is that, you know, this is, this is your last resort. You're not going to do this. And you were trying to make sure that everybody completely understood that. Absolutely. And so what are some of the things you wish the Texas legislature would focus on in 2019? Well, let me say, first of all, the one thing I want to say before I hang up, as far as be oh, smart, I'm not going to get rid of you yet. Clear. I'm not. Yeah, you're, you're doing fine. Yeah, I'm not going to get rid okay. of you yet. I just, okay. Um, well, it's okay. It's okay. But anyway, I, one thing I want to be very clear on is that, you know, Be Smart is an apolitical program. We do not do anything with policy. All we talk about is strictly safety. So anything that I'm telling you from this point on is my personal belief and is what I am for. It has nothing to do with where I advocate or anything else like that. So I, uh, that's the one thing I do want to make very, very clear. Okay. Um, uh, like I said, I did do a judicial do, I, it's a hard word to say for me, judicial hearing that I did testify at. And what, which is what I said is I do believe for 2019, um, I'd like to see them raise that age limit to 18. And I'd also like to see that penalty increase from a misdemeanor to a felony. If those are two things. And the third thing I really would like to do is I would love to see a safe storage campaign. Um, I've actually got some things that I've been working on here. 
uh, with a media person to get that implemented at a, hopefully at a college level. But that's something I would like to see a sticker or something that is geared towards safe storage. Okay. And then, so what are, uh, let me ask you this. So if you raise the age limit to 18, what, uh, from 18 up to like 21 or something like that, or 19 or 20, what does that say with our military? Um, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the recommendation of um, holding a parent responsible okay. for a child. It's like, what is it, 17? Now it's like right now it's anyone under the age of 17. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Governor talk- Abbott recommended raising that to eight the years to 18 years old instead to hold a parent responsible. All right. So I'd you're, like so you're talking about happen. so Penal Code Section 46.13, where it says that yeah, you know right now it's – No, you're fine. Where it says <laughs> uh, if you're younger than 17, basically your parents can be held responsible criminally if they're if – the, Correct. The child is younger than 17. But if they're 17 and up – then you cannot charge the parents criminally. Correct. So you're saying raising that on the 46.13 from 17 to what age? Just 18. I think that was a recommendation that Governor Abbott put in um, his uh, when he did his when he was writing up the policy stuff that he had his recommendations and what they're looking at. Um, that was one of the one of them that he made. And I actually think that that to me, I'm I'm supportive of that. I think that that is a, a step in the right direction. Okay. I mean, those children, those children are still living in the home. They're still so they're still under their parents' care at that age and things like that. Not so that's why I feel like it is. So, so the legal age of quote unquote being an adult in the state of Texas is seventeen. Um, you can live on your own at seventeen. You can have your own job. You can get your own insurance. If you're looking at changing the the age of quote unquote com- criminal responsibility to eighteen, that's that's going to be a big difference. And um, and in the history in Texas is that at 17, you can be tried as an adult at 17. And, and essentially, I mean, it it needs to be consistent across the board. And that's why mostly everything in Texas is 17, the age of consent is 17, et cetera, so forth and so on. So I do want to circle back to what you said a few minutes ago. And you said that yesterday was the first time that you'd fired a gun. Could you clarify that for me? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I didn't. That's not the first time I fired a gun. That's the first time I fired that gun. Okay. Um, so okay. Let me clear that up for you real quick. Yeah, because I was a little concerned that you said that you were an active gun owner, and then yesterday yep. was the first time that you'd fired a gun. But yep. thank you, thank you for that clarity. I think a few of our listeners yeah, have sorry. that same question. I, I, yeah, sorry. I'm sorry about that because yeah, that was not that was that gun. Okay. And you've had safety training in the past. Like, what is your definition of gun safety who do you think is responsible um for the firearm do you think do you believe in individual responsibility is it only the gun owner who's responsible can you kind of dig into that for us i think it just depends on each individual situation i don't think that there is um you know like i said right now um you know a parent is held responsible if a child is 17 and under, I guess it's really under 17. It's not even 17 and under. It's under the 17. So um, at that point, I believe that, or I would like to see, too, I feel I'm a responsible as for my guns and anywhere else they are and anything that happens to them. I feel that it was negligence on the part of the gun owner that where my son died. I think that he should have had his gun stored safely and securely so that my son would be alive today. So you believe it's 100% the gun the gun owner whose home yes. he was at? Yep. No responsibility lies with your son. 
for his actions at the I age of 23. Well, you did when you said 100% of the responsibility lies with the gun owner. 100% of the responsibility lies with the gun owner in his home. My son was old enough to, if you want to say, know the difference between, I mean, and honestly, he was impaired. So I can't even say that at that point in time, that even makes it even, see, every scenario is going to be different, I guess. But yes, I believe that a gun owner is responsible for their firearm. If that's what you're asking me, I believe it. Yes. Interesting. And I think we should feel that responsibility because we are the ones who are purchasing them. I feel the responsibility as a gun owner for my gun. I mean, I personally so I 100%. feel like everybody should. Did you feel like the gun owner had responsibility in the case of your son's death? Do I feel like the gun owner, say that to me one more time? Yes. Do you feel like say, the owner of the gun in the case of uh, the tragedy that happened with your son, was that gun yes. owner responsible? Yes. Would you feel the same sentiment if your son drove the vehicle of his friend who had the gun home and they died in a car accident? Would it be your son's friend's fault or would it be his fault? for operating a deadly machine under the influence of alcohol because it's the same scenario. I don't think I, you know, I need to think some time about that. I'm not going to answer that question right now. All I'm going to do from right now is just tell you how I felt about my own son and the safety of my son. And I wanted to, I think if you had a child, um, you're still young, you haven't experienced that yet. And so you don't know what it feels like to have a child. And once you get to that point when you do, you may see things in a completely different light. So right now, because of your age, I don't know if, you know, when you get to be at my point, we can probably have sit down and have another conversation. So if your son was 35, which is my age, do you feel like there would have been a I still different feel it's responsibility? Negligence. If you're asking me if it was negligence, it was negligence. What is his responsibility? For that negligence, um, or what is his accountability? It was negligence. So it your was son shouldn't have had access. Owner. Your son should never have access to a gun or have had access. I mean, if you secure your gun safely, we don't even have this question come around, right? If, so like, if we got rid of all gun guns, safely, and there we were don't no have guns. to have this conversation. And if we get rid of all vehicles, then we don't have to answer for drunk drivers on the road every day, do we? I'm not talking about, I, I'm a gun owner, so obviously you are Are you a vehicle owner? Because it's the same that, exact concept, Lisa. No, it's not. Yes, it's ma'am, not it is. not at all, because I am a gun owner as well, and I don't say get rid of all guns. I believe in the Second Amendment. Um, you're trying to... What am I trying to do? Bring into a conversation, I guess, I don't know. I, you explain it to me. Do I feel <laughs> the gun owner was responsible or um, negligent? Yes, if that's what you're asking me, the answer is yes. All right. And did you, my son play some part in that too? Yes, he did. He was an adult. But that's still, again, it was the gun owner's home and it was his weapon. Um, yes, my son had accountability as well. He did pick up the gun, if that's what you're saying to me. But that there was no charges, no nothing brought to the owner of the gun. Nothing. The and gun, you want the gun that? Owner you walking. want charges placed against the I gun owner? I want him to have... I want him to do something. I don't know what it is, and that is something that needs to be discussed. So you want to condemn the gun owner for your inability to teach your child how to operate a firearm? Um, Say that to me again. You want to condemn the gun owner for your child's inability to appropriately operate 
and use a firearm. Somebody handed my gun the firearm. Somebody handed it to him. And the gun and shouldn't have been in the room. And someone forced him to wait accept minute, wait it? Let's just, say, let's just back up here a second. Wait a minute. The gun shouldn't have been in the room in the first place. That's not that's the really question that the, I asked That's really you. what this boils down to is the gun shouldn't have been in the room in the first place. Every time if I the drunk, there's a car the available. In the first place, it's a question of personal responsibility and understanding the law. The gun shouldn't have been in the room in the first place. That's really what this boils down to. The gun shouldn't have been in the room in the first place. That's not what it boils down to. It boils down to the simple fact of basic gun ownership and gun safety responsibility. The gun shouldn't have been in the room in the first place. So, Lisa, can you give me? That's all there is. Can can you give me one more time? Can you you run down the your your different steps of be smart real quick in about thirty seconds? The S is for secure guns and homes and vehicles. The M is modeling good behavior. The A is asking others how they store their firearms. The R is risk, knowing the risk um, uh, for teen suicides. And the T is for tell. Tell everyone you know about Be Smart. All right, awesome. And I, you know what, Lisa, I want to thank you for coming on and talking with us today. Uh, it's a good program. And also the NRA and the shooting, National Shooting Sports Foundations, uh, those organizations also have programs. You know, and, and so I encourage everyone to remember safety is, is most important. You know, be safe out there. Don't point the gun at anything you don't intend to kill or destroy. Uh, keep your finger off the trigger unless you're on target ready to fire. Don't point the gun at yourself or anything else. Those are some of the most important things. Know what's, you know, your backstop and all that good kind of stuff. Just remember safety. Remember those things. We cover this until we're blue in the face in all of our classes that we teach. You know what, Lisa? I want to thank you for coming on the show today. You've been a good sport. Really appreciate that. And then thank you for telling me what, you know, what Be Smart's all about. All right. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. All right. And we come back. We're going to talk about, you know, a little bit more, we're going to talk about what's going on with Beyonce. We're going to talk about this mass shooting and see if we can get some more details about it. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hey, this is AWR Hawkins, Bright Park News. You're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. This is Andrew Monaco, voice of the Aggies. You're listening to Austin's Aggie Home. Talk 1370. The right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're, man, we're getting heated up in here. Had to calm that down a little bit. So Felicia, you know, she had some. She had a lot, a lot to say, you know, about her her son, and how she felt that that incident took place and all that kind of stuff. And you're thinking that the responsibility, you know, lies more with her and her son than does the the gun owner, or there's a little more equal responsibility. So first and foremost, I I would like the audience to understand that I feel for her. I truly. Feel for her losing anyone, a son, a friend, a significant other via gun violence or accidental, quote unquote, um, gun discharge is tragic. Yes, especially, you know, I don't want to belittle that. I don't want to think that I don't feel for her because I do. I truly do. Um, I had an ex-boyfriend who committed suicide via firearm. So this is something that is very close to my heart. 
and I'm very passionate about it, obviously. It's why Michael had me on the show to begin with, and then I've just continued coming. But the simple fact of the matter is it is individual responsibility, and you can kick the can down the road all you want. We can kind of flirt with this idea between 17 and 18, but it doesn't make a difference. And if we're talking about a difference between 17 and 18, then the fact that her child was 23 years old It's not even part of the equation. If he was truly raised in a gun household and he truly understood gun safety, then drunk or not, he wouldn't have picked it up. Because in order to fire a firearm, safety has to be off. It has to be loaded. It has to be cocked. You have to put your finger in to the onto the trigger and you have to pull said trigger. It doesn't just accidentally happen. It doesn't fall and magically discharge. It doesn't just magically pull its own trigger. There has to be intent to pull the trigger. So he either was too drunk to know whether or not the firearm was loaded. He was either too drunk to know whether or not there was a gun in the chamber, but the simple fact of the matter, he was obviously not educated in the fact that you don't point a gun at anything that you do not intend to kill yourself or otherwise. Oh, I am livid, y'all. Sorry for my <laughs> sorry for my rant. I am livid in the fact that she said that my opinion doesn't matter because I don't have kids. Oh, I am fit to be tied. My opinion is not diminished because I have not procreated. Mm. I still have opinions. I am still a gun owner, and damn it if I don't know safety. Sounds like we need to, you know, maybe take a few breaths in here. (laughs) Say a couple of woosahs. I'm having a good time. Because you're not having to do all the talking today, Michael. That's right. I'm I'm sitting back. I'm sitting back and just I'm just listening. But yeah, I think it's uh, more of a question of personal responsibility. One hundred percent. Especially, we're talking about you know a man in his twenties. Um, when you're a child, you know, in your teens, younger. That's one thing. Yeah, that's one thing. 15, 14, uh-huh. 16, that's a whole yeah, other story. When you haven't actually fully developed your cognitive abilities. But you're saying 23. At 23, yeah. most people are parents. My parents were parents at 20 and 21. Move on. 23, you're an adult. You can vote. You're more than likely graduated college. You can do literally anything in the world that you want to do. Yeah, so what so, happened is truly a tragedy. It is. But the responsibility, it's really, it falls on one person in that situation. Right, so you're saying what they're, what a lot of the organizations are trying to do, like what the governor is trying to do, that would not have prevented that incident from happening is what you're saying? No. You know, raising the age limit from 17, younger than 17, to 18. Oh, what would that have done? What would that have accomplished? And that's just deferring the responsibility, that legislation. It's right? kicking the can down the road like most legislation it's does. It's saying, hey, the parent is still responsible. Like this, you know, the children these days are um, maturing later is basically what that mentality so is there any, that is saying does any responsibility lie on her as the mother or the father 100 percent. why do you say that because if they say 
on every testimonial that you've shown me, she said in herself that they are a gun-owning family. A gun-owning family is not a true gun-owning family. They don't teach safety. And in the, the very basics of gun safety is you do not point the gun at yourself or anyone else unless you intend to kill that thing, yeah, whatever it is if, you're pointing the gun at. Even if you just checked and saw that it's completely unloaded, there's no magazine in there, no bullet, you still don't. I was cleaning my AR last night. There's obviously not a magazine in it because you can tell when an AR-15 is loaded. But I also, just in case, checked the chamber to make sure that there hadn't been a round chambered in there since the last time I fired. It was clear. There's no magazine in it. I knew it. I didn't point the gun at myself. I didn't point the gun at anyone else. I pointed the gun down. I laid it on my coffee table and I cleaned it because that's what a responsible gun owner does. That is responsible gun ownership. All right. So our call in numbers 512-643-LIVE. That's 512-643-5483. Come and talk it. Uh, Let us know. I mean, we off track. Are we wrong? We are we too far to the left, too far to the right. You know what's going on. Definitely let me know. Yeah. What do you think, guys? Should uh, should a gun owner be responsible if their firearm is ever used by someone else? Should a car owner also be responsible in the same? Because I thought that was a very good question that you asked about the automobile. You know what? Yeah. If, what if her son had actually jumped into the roommate or the guy's vehicle, drove driven that vehicle while he was intoxicated, then would, you know, did she think that the owner of the vehicle should have been held responsible when her son was driving? It's the exact same concept. You don't jump, accidentally jump into someone's car, just like you don't accidentally pick up a gun, turn the safety off and point it at yourself and pull the trigger. Accidents happen. I get it. Accidents, they suck. Those two things, they're not accidents. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, so why should the owner of the gun, in that case, be responsible for an accident? Mm. So maybe, Felicia, to solve some of our problems, maybe you should you know, have a kid or something. Then you can talk. <laughs> I just... My mom is in the lobby. Can we not give her any ideas about grandchildren? I, I think I've effectively squashed that option. Don't look at her. Don't look at him. Don't look at each other. Hey, Mom, how you doing? I'm trying to help you out. Hey. <laughs> That's right. Maybe, Just maybe you record, should have a kid. I don't have kids as a choice. Um, they're expensive. <laughs> I like to shop, and I'm just not in a place right now where I put... I want to have a child, but that doesn't make my opinion about gun safety any less. Just like it doesn't make any of y'all's less because neither of you have offspring that aren't canines. All right, so we're talking about Beyonce's concert last night. We come back from the hard break. Going to talk about that. Also, what's happening in Florida. There was a, a mass shooting today in Florida. Four people are dead. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're talking about what happened last night at the Beyonce's concert. So apparently, her concert was interrupted by a fan who rushed the stage. 
made it past security, made it past the dancers, and was able to put his hands on Jay-Z, from what I'm understanding, according to reports that we're getting. So police say that they are pursuing more charges against a man who rushed on stage during a Beyonce and Jay-Z concert in Atlanta. Atlanta police officer Lisa Bender told the Associated Press that 26-year-old Anthony Charles Thomas Maxwell ran on stage, approached Jay-Z, and made contact with him as the On The Run 2 concert was ending Saturday night. Now, police say Maxwell was quickly stopped by security people and backed up and backup dancers with the rapper. So apparently... When this guy ran toward the stage, he ran past the dancers, went past security, and so they had to turn around and go back and grab this guy and drag him back. And so Beyonce spokeswoman Yvette Noel Schur says the singer and Jay-Z are fine, and Bender says Maxwell was initially issued a citation for disorderly conduct and released, but police have added a charge of simple battery. And he was treated for minor injuries, and Bender says they were... No other, there were no other injuries available. Uh, no other injuries there. So apparently, um, the reports that I'm getting is that he actually took a swing at Jay Z, and they're just trying to downplay it a little bit. Sounds like this guy was on the run. Huh? He was on the run. He was like, "Yo, uh, Beyonce, she's mine. Get your hands off her." Yeah, if I was up there, I would have run faster. I would have actually gotten to her. Yeah, he needs to be a little faster, a little sprinter there. <laughs> Need to work that out. I'm a distance guy. This is only news because it's Beyonce. That's right. I have weird people run at me all the time, and, you know, well, CNN's they, not reporting. They need, have, not reporting. <laughs> they need to have better security than that. <laughs> I mean, it was a drunk fan. Hey, it is you be, it is. You be, hey, glad he paid $200 for a ticket because it had to be closed and expensive for him to get to the stage. Mm. And you suck it up, and you go back to your mansion, and you sing Lemonade and okay, talk about so, Peggy with the good hair. So tell me, <laughs> tell me, who's responsible, this person that ran up there, or... <laughs> Oh, homie was drunk. Definitely responsible. Personal <laughs> responsibility. No one swings at Jay-Z. It's okay. His face already looks like that. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, the think... only reason this is news is because it's Beyonce and Jay-Z. Yeah. I think Jay-Z kind of... Drunk people get in trouble all the time. I think Jay-Z may have looked at him wrong just a little. That just, you know, egged him on a little That's bit. just Jay-Z's face. Yeah, that's his resting Jay-Z face. <laughs> his resting Jay-Z face. That's what I'm going to start calling oh, mine man. from now on. That's my, uh, uh, how I'm I say not saying on the radio. Right? He has way oh, too much money for that's me. That's so FCC approved RBF. Yes. <laughs> uh, we come back next weekend, Jay-Z's going to own this building. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. If we're completely honest, Beyonce hasn't had a good song since Crazy in Loves. So. Bye, Felicia. Wow, mm, wow. <laughs> All right, so what's going on in Florida? Give us an update. What's happening in Florida? Oh, yeah. So Mass shooting. There was a shooting at a pizza place called Chicago Pizza in Jacksonville. Um, four are dead and nine wounded, and it was a Madden 2019 tournament. What is Madden? What is so, that? I, I'm, I'm like 49 years old. I don't know what that is. I never 49. got into those. I'm 49. Yeah, I was more into the, the shooting games when I played video games you know so i played all madden, those shooters so felicia madden, madden is basically like football role playing yeah. it's like fantasy football come to life football via, video game basically via your xbox or playstation 4 yeah so you can pick your team you can run your own plays and 
There's like a Madden curse. What else? Do you want to give us some strategy? Yeah. yeah. Strategies come extra after the show. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so (laughs) four dead, nine wounded, I believe. uh, Wow. Yeah, a few of those wounded are in good condition now. Yeah, but, you know, the thing that that gets me is Florida just, you know, they just passed quite a few laws. They just went the other direction. They actually passed a red flag law to detect things like this. Mm -hmm. They raised the age limit. On who can purchase firearms for all sales, all sales. So yeah, I thought it was going to become this utopia. So you know, right? this is impossible. How can this happen? How can this be? How could it? Inquiring minds want to know. You can't legislate crazy. You can't, you really? <laughs> so you tell me you can't legislate crazy? No. Uh-uh. We can't stop Cray Cray from getting their hands on a gun, a bum, or anything else. A no. car, a truck. Oklahoma no. City. No, you know. uh, not that. If either. gun control worked, there'd be no murders in Chicago. Mm. Yeah, there was just a weekend this month. Seventy-five people were shot. Guess how many people were? I guess uh, arrested or held accountable. For One. One. Oh, how did I One know that? Person. I, I didn't even know. Didn't even read the story. <laughs> One. Yeah, and they have the clamp down on gun laws there. Lockdown in Chicago. Don't even have a gun store in the city. Chirac. Chirac. Don't you have a they don't even have a gun store in Chicago. Uh uh-uh. uh. Not even. No, but I was contacted by a group of people who actually were uh they're actually uh talking about opening up a gun store in Chicago and they wanted me to help them get them started and all that good kind of stuff. And, and it just amazed me that there is no gun store in Chicago at all these shootings and Yeah, there this, are. Out in uh, you know, backyards. The back somewhere. alleyways don't yeah. count. Alleyways. <laughs> Yeah, that's not dark a alleyways. Then, but 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 three D printing and these other oh, things. That's those, be oh my goodness! When criminals get their hands on those, Ooh. ooh a one shot, a one shot plastic gun. <laughs> oh my goodness! Havoc's gonna you know gonna take over. The level of sarcasm in the studio right now. Yeah, just is, in case anybody is, is unprecedented. I'm just saying, three D printed plastic guns. When criminals get their, that's what the drug dealers, your your drug lords, is gonna get three D printed guns. That's what they're telling us. Do you honestly think these people are that stupid that they're gonna get a three D printed gun, something that one shot plastic gun? They have enough money, enough smarts. They say, you know what, I'm gonna go out and. And get a case of real good guns that I know that are going to work. Because I'm not going to put my life in the hands of a plastic gun. Mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> I mean, if, if prohibiting something worked, then we wouldn't have had the Roaring Twenties when alcohol was illegal. We wouldn't have such a robust market for marijuana across the country. Um, prohibiting people from getting something doesn't work. It's never worked. But makes government them want it more. It makes them want it more. It's like you tell me I can't do something. I'm like, bet. I'll see you in a minute. Mm. I'm gonna do it. Hold if my you beer. tell someone no, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hold my blueberry lemonade. What <laughs> <laughs> if you tell someone they can't have something or they can't do something? It's like you're testing them. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we can just do a little example right now. If I say, calm down, Felicia. If I say, exactly, I'm calm. I am calm. Okay. If I say right now, do not, do not picture in your head a white elephant. That's all I can see right now is the white elephant. Don't. Now I'm just excited about Christmas. Don't do it. I said, don't do it. All I can see is a white elephant. Yeah. Prohibition at its finest. (laughs) Prohibition. Uh Prohibition doesn't work. 
it just it just doesn't. And Chicago would be smart to pass. Let me let me let me reverse. Chicago would be smart to educate people about firearms rather than just trying to prevent people from having them because they're going to have them. They already have them. I think it's more of a culture thing in Chicago. It's all the gangs. <laughs> Look, you I've know. been to Chicago once. I had pizza. I got lost. I saw the shiny bean. I was out. I did. I'm not going back. Mm. They have some good pizza there too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I like the little place you go into where they uh, they talk mean and dirty to you. You ever been to that little restaurant? What? Dick's we don't have the same fetishes, no, 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 Michael. No, it's, it's, no, that's not. I don't know what you're talking about. It's not. It's not dicks. It's a. It's something like it's that. something like that. Yeah. But they actually, um, they actually do talk. You know. I can be mean to you anytime here in Austin for free. Let oh. me know when you're available. Oh. oh, that's so sweet. All right, so, all right, man. So you made me lose my train of Is thought. Is it Ed Debevix? <laughs> no, I don't think so. No? Is it like a, you're outdoor? Is there a picture of it or something like that? Um, Ed Debevix. Uh, Mar- Marvin says it's called Dicks. I don't know. Wiener's Circle. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. Honestly, I think that's it. I think that's it. You would go to a place called Wiener's Circle. <laughs> I, 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 I think that's it, though. Yeah. The Where staff they... <laughs> doesn't ask you what you'd like to order. They yell, quote, what the do right. you want? Right, right, mm. right. <laughs> so, hey. Can you say that for me one more time? It, it cut out. <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> hey, but it's, you know, those, hey, that's just some of the stuff they have there in Chicago. Um, hopefully, honestly, I, I, I think that we we just need to do something different you know they we need to empower those people you know empower the people that live there to take their own personal safety on the hands and that's the only way you're going to stop some of these things uh, allow the good people the the law abiding citizens to actually you know get a firearm and just you know start protecting themselves because you you can't you can't keep a police officer on your backs you know and i i did my ride along you know with with APD and it just and i was actually it was it was an eye opener on the information that pops up in their their system, their computers, an eye opener, you know, just look driving around downtown, just looking at, you know, what's across the street from the police department, looking at the arch, you know, the homeless shelter, you know, just and and just all, all the crime that's there and these people just laying out and and it's just it's just sad. It's sad. And the city our city council is doing nothing about it. And so we're we're getting to that point where homicides are actually increasing in Austin. Things are crime is actually going up in Austin. You have crimes that are being committed where no one's been captured. We're talking tens of thousands of dollars have been stolen and they don't even have a suspect. This is Michael Cargill and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Folks, this is Doug Man Jones. <laughs> And I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Listen to Talk 1370 anytime, anywhere with the all-new Radio.com app. Check your phone's app store or visit talk1370.com slash app. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. 
All right, so it's time to hopefully in the state of Texas, we'll actually focus on legalizing or decriminalizing marijuana. So that way we can actually get to the point where we can lower our property taxes. Because I'm telling you, my property taxes are just getting way too high. My triple net, you know, everything's just going, it's just going sky high. So we need to either legalize, decriminalize, and start taxing, you know, marijuana and some of these other products. So that way we can actually lower our property taxes or maybe eliminate it. And also, also pay our teachers more money. My goodness, we need to take care of our teachers who are babysitting your kids every single day and, you know, and and fix their pension and give them some decent health care. Absolutely. These are the people we need to focus on. And, and we're always worrying about the wrong stuff, always worrying about getting into someone's home and taking their gun and and doing all, all this other crazy, you know, just mess with, you know, worrying about what's inside my four walls. Stop worrying about what's inside my four walls. Focus on the things that you need to focus on. Stop messing with the, you know, the products that I have inside my home or, or the things that I, you know, the things that don't affect anyone else. Legalize, decriminalize marijuana. I don't even like it. Don't do it. Don't like it. But you know what? I think we should tax it because that'll help me with my property tax or my triple net and other things. Uh, lower my taxes. Eliminate the taxes. And also, you know, take care of our teachers. God, man, I run into so many different teachers around the city of Austin who are great people who are just trying to do trying to do the best they can, take care, taking care of your kids, and they're having to come out of pocket for little things here and treats and all this other stuff so they can teach your kids because they're keeping your kids the majority time, majority of the time. And so eh, take care of their pension. Fix this pension problem. Let's, you know, let's fix health care. So those are some of the things I think we need to focus on. What do you guys think? Yeah, I've had some great conversations with teachers, and, and I love my they're teachers. just underpaid, underappreciated, and you know they deserve better for what they are doing for us and for so- so- blah. society. Society. Uh huh. Yeah, you're, you're right. You know, and and they're they're dealing with a lot. I mean, just imagine, you know, someone taking care of. You know, 10 to 15, 20 of your kids all day. Oh, more than that. They cap <laughs> all it out. Day. They put a limit on these classroom sizes, 23 or 24, and then they still end up bringing more kids in than that. And they're constantly raising this ratio of students to teachers, putting more of a burden on the teachers. Oh, yeah. And and this, man, this stadium that we're getting ready to put in the city of Austin. Gag. Oh, <laughs> It's like five minutes from my house. I don't even like soccer. Oh, my property! Our property Come taxes on. is going to go through the roof. I'm telling you, and they're not going to pay for it. We're going to pay for it. <laughs> We're going to pay for it. Well, I mean, <clears throat> the soccer team's paying for the stadium, so the only hit the city is taking is the fact that we're like severely subsidizing the property that they're buying from us to put the stadium on. And then apparently there's some affordable housing rolled into the bill. I haven't seen all the details yet from city council. I watched the vote live. And as always, Ellen Droxler voted against because she is a true patriot. She is. But everyone else was like, hmm, money. And so yep. they voted for it. it was More disgusting. taxes. My, my city council guy was like, well, I've heard from a lot of people in my district and they want it. I was like, really? That's a lie. Did you talk to them? Because <laughs> every single person 
Republican, Democrat, the lobbyists want it. <laughs> the person that's non-voting, that's putting like, money in their pockets. They're like, wait, is this gonna hurt traffic? I'm like, obviously it's gonna hurt traffic. Please use the thing between your ears. <laughs> obviously it's going to hurt traffic. It's going to get worse. If you don't want it, you need to let city council know. But city council is just like all those little villains and the Looney Tune cartoons and all they see are dollar signs. That's all that's flashing right now is money. I tell you what we should do is just bust the uh, the homeless people uh, to the stadium when once it gets built, just Uber them over there. I think that's what we should do. What what is that going to solve? Uh, just yeah, from downtown. You're just trolling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then they're all going to be in my neck of the woods. Hey, well, you know, hey, I'm just going to bust them over there to the stadium. Here, here you go. Listen, Linda, I'm gonna give them your address. I'll pay the return fare. Bust them to the stadium. Look for the that's house we'll with do. the. With the palm trees. No, he comes here. <laughs> the house with the palm trees is 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 sharply guarded. <laughs> it's well guarded. Let me By tell you, you, the firearms or the dogs? The all seven. <laughs> all seven. <laughs> all seven. That's right. You mess around with the house with the palm trees, you might catch something. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, what what else are we? What what else is going on out there? All right, so we covered this mass shooting. We talked about the Beyonce. Uh, what do we? Oh, Zach had a race. <laughs> Zach, I did a little race. I Zach did. had a little race where he ran a hundred miles in Houston. Folks, we got to talk to you about this. Oh, Zach, it was hot. He ran one hundred miles in Houston, Texas. Yeah, was it last weekend. Last weekend. Last yeah. weekend. From it started Saturday. Started Saturday at, at noon. twelve noon in Houston, Texas. Uh huh. And he ended about four o'clock before we came. Just before four o'clock, before we came on air on Sunday, yeah, so two he, minutes before the show started, he I ran crossed that over twenty four hours. And I called Zach up. I called him up at like I don't know three o'clock in the morning. That, yeah, that we were Sunday talking morning. on the phone. We we're talking at three thirty. <laughs> I'm running in the dark out he's on like, this he trail. Goes, he goes, I'm hurting. I'm hurting. I'm like, well, keep running. What do you mean you're hurting? Suck it up, Zach. <laughs> Michael's sitting at home with an alcoholic beverage and his seven dogs in, and sweatpants and bed. his iconic red shirt. <laughs> what do you mean you're hurting? What do you mean Suck you're hurting? it up. Suck it up, soldier. You better keep on rolling there. He's I like, bet money on this. You he, better run. He goes, I want to stop. Stop for what? You better keep moving, better, boy. Yeah, we had a good talk. <laughs> you, gotta, you better channel some Forrest Gump right now. How do you prepare for a 100-mile race? Um, very carefully. I didn't run further than eight miles at any time to get ready for this race. But I'm a trainer and coach. I have a business, um, personal training, triathlon coaching. And so I train smart instead of hard. Well, a little bit hard, but, I mean, I don't have time to train 50 60 70 miles like a lot of these guys do beforehand i have to do it a little smarter so that i can you know do life as well but that means uh, eat pizza with us after the show <laughs> i had a salad last time if you remember correctly and how many of those blueberry lemonade alcoholic beverages <laughs> <laughs> Because at least three, because my memory's a little yeah. fuzzy. Don't let him fool you. He, he's he's not, all, not all healthy and you know <laughs> salads and stuff like that. He's junk, let me tell you. Yeah, you want to know what I ate during the 100-mile race? During the race, you ate? During okay. the race. I didn't have breakfast that morning. Oh, that's a mistake, I right? I like that was probably no, not the best. bad. Okay. And so what'd you um, eat? So <laughs> I had a steak at about 8 p.m. That night? Yeah. How many miles in was that? That was, uh, I don't know, it was 8 p.m., so uh, 35 maybe. We're 30, gonna need you to 35 miles? Next time. Wow. 
something like that. Yeah, I had a steak and then this is a modern day a Superman. bunch of water. He's like a modern day Superman here. And then about 3 a.m. I finished the rest of that steak because I only ate half. And then at sunrise, you carry it with you? I had I'm bacon and eggs. I had a little camp at the the start and finish of this loop, which I had to do 16 times. Now you brought your brother with you. Mile loop. So how many miles? Yeah, did my he run brother. With you? My brother came. My mother and father came too to support me and yeah, like, help yeah. me because they were my support team. I mean, I couldn't have done it without them. They were great. They're awesome. But I need to know how many miles did you, your brother run? My brother ran with me. He did four loops with me, so he did twenty-four miles. Really? Uh huh. That's impressive. Yeah, my dad ran with me too. For like what? For a half a mile? One loop. He did a 6.2 mile loop. Really? My dad's 70. He ran with me. Wow. That's for, impressive. And this was a tough course. This was a third running on sand. Uh, it oh. was miserable. I have tendonitis in my ankle right now. Good Lord. Um, otherwise, I, I feel pretty great. 100 miles. Oh. Hundred miles in Houston. In Houston, they got up to you say, you say hundred miles. You, just, you have to add in Houston, Texas. You ran a hundred mile race. Uh huh. Over twenty four hours. Twenty seven fifty five. Twenty seven hours, and you came in. I got eighth. Eighth place. Uh huh. Jeez. Yeah, only eighteen people actually crossed the finish line. And everyone else quit this race. Everyone else quit, or they didn't. Time ran out. Like we're going home. You're out. taking too long. We're out. Peace. Exactly. Yeah, they <laughs> did that mean... to a guy who was at ninety miles. <laughs> I'd be like, miles. come back tomorrow. <laughs> ninety miles. Anyone wait? This guy Wayne, he got to ninety miles. They're like, and dude, we're out. They had he had maybe three hours left to do it, but they still told him, "You're done. You're done." <gasps> oh, I bet she cried. Oh, that I saw was... some people that were like <sighs> just like bent over. They were just spent. Yeah, I ran into uh, one guy who, it was at nighttime, he was on all fours on the ground. Mm. And so we had to call over the Paramedics. medical staff. Wow. Uh-huh. It was rough. I mean, people oh, were dropping like flies. Oh, I bet. It was tough. This was all mental toughness. 85 90% was mental. Now, what about the beginning? Race. Anyone get out there and just like, I'm taking the lead? Yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I bet you all those people. Somebody just, finished in they got twenty-one ghosted. and a half hours. About that. Wow! And guess who it was? Who was it? it was a woman, a female one first. Yes. Place. Wow. She killed it. She set a first. course record. Wow. She doesn't mo- have kids, though. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you and let a, a girl beat you. Another woman <laughs> got. Another woman got second place. Wow, that's impressive. That's awesome. Uh-huh. Wonder Woman, two of them. So, yeah, this was my first ultra. I think uh, it was quite an experience. And now I have my eyes set on another race called the Franklin 200. Are you out of your mind? It's in the Franklin Mountains. It's the southern tip of the Rockies in El Paso. On the next show, we're going to have an insurance agent. <laughs> and I'm going to be on your policy. Yes, 200 miles. I know. I was like, wait, he's not married, so I can just marry him now, get a life yeah. insurance mm-hmm, policy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We can make this happen. Set. Yeah, we could do it. Done deal. Yeah, but this one's 200 miles with 51,000 feet of ascent during the race. That's 10 miles of vertical ascent over 200 miles. You better do the 100-mile consecutive just to prepare for that. <laughs> Now I'll run you, a little bit in between, lift a little weights, you know. <laughs> no, I think you need to. Yeah, you need to do it all over again for but sure. I, I want to do this one for a charity. I haven't decided quite what at this point, but possibly an ADD charity. 
uh, for kids that have attention deficit disorder. I had that growing up. I have that still. I've that's why you have to, to run these races. Uh-huh. I've learned to manage it and harness it really. So I'd like to, you know, kind of do something good for this charity. Once nice. I figure out exactly which one. Donald but, says yeah. he does twelve ounce curls. Same, but I do sixteen <laughs> ounces because I like my beer on draft. All right, Donald. So we'll in a we'll, pine glass. <laughs> so we'll, we'll let Janai know that. So maybe you, you know, we can hook you up with Janai. All right, so tomorrow, August 27th, we have the Texans for Accountable Government's anniversary party, 10-year anniversary. Yes. We're giving away a Ghost Gunner 2. We're, we're actually not giving away. You're, you can win a Ghost Seven Gunner 2. You can win a, um, an AK-47. As always, more guns equals less crime. Go out there and buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.